So many of you have come to me and said how much you love the podcast. And do I ever do things like coaching or, um, you know, teaching people how I've learned all these things that have changed my life, changed my business, made me more aligned and happy. And so for 2023, I've decided that I'm going to put together a group of people and we're going to meet for weekly Zoom calls. They will be live. That means no pre-recorded anything. And we will talk about all the things that I did in order to change my business. This is for professional people. It's for, I would say women probably. And it's for, I'd love to do realtors, but also any kind of professional woman who wants to use more feminine energy to increase um, you know, what she makes every year. I went from making, uh, let's see the first year I made $0 and now I've been making consecutively for the last four years, over six figures. And I did that all in one year and I did it in a pandemic and I work less than ever. So I think it's once you get these principles and you figure them out, it changes your whole life. And I just want to share that with you. I want to share it with everybody because why not? Why wouldn't we all want to do this kind of amazing work and also make a shit ton of money? So if you're interested in taking part in this, it's going to start in 2023 and it'll be a four week program, weekly zoom calls. We'll have a private Facebook group. I'll be doing, um, Voxer coaching, which is an app where you can work with me one-on-one and it's just going to be magnificent. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And if it sounds good to you, uh, just look in the show notes and there will be a link to all the information that you need, or you can DM me the word ACE and I will get right back to you and we can talk about whether this would work for you and your business. So I really look forward to working with y'all next year and I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Happy December, you beautiful, beautiful people. Ah, it's just the time of year. And I hope that you are relaxing and enjoying it and not freaking out like I normally do at this time of year, but I'm not doing that this year. I have a guest today who is so brilliant and so amazing and so telling us everything we need to hear about this time of year. And I am so excited to send this your way because she did a little exercise with me about holiday stress that took about five minutes and she changed my entire attitude about the whole thing. And I can't say enough about this gorgeous woman. First of all, her name is Kate Kripke. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. I didn't mean to botch that. She's brilliant. She is a licensed psychotherapist, licensed social worker. She has a wonderful practice that she has in Boulder, Colorado, which is amazing. But she's also written a book. And I mean, there's just, I could, I could go on and on and I'm linking everything in the show notes to all of her beautiful stuff. She is offering a wonderful 12 week program for just for moms. And it's all about feeling better and pouring into your own cup so that you will, your cup will overflow onto your kids. It's just, she's just such a light. And also she's gorgeous. She looks like Heidi Klum. I mean, 
when I met her in real life <laughs> a month ago, I was like, oh my God, she is six feet tall, which I love because my daughter is six feet tall. And I'm just enamored by tall people because I've birthed all these giant humans and I am not. I'm like five, six. So when I see someone with that statuesque and really owning it, I just am always like, oh, tell me everything I need to tell my daughter because that is not something that she has always loved her height, but now she's getting into it. Now she's 21. It's better. But anyway, I digress. This is a conversation that you're not going to want to miss. This is a conversation about moms and why we do what we do and how we can fill our cup back up and just really get into the vibe of being present in the holiday She does this awesome, a couple of different exercises with me that were just completely unplanned, but brilliant. So without further ado, please welcome the fabulous Kate Kripke and let me know what you think. Welcome, Kate, to the Ace Your Life podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Such a fan of all your work, and I'm just thrilled that you made the time to be with me today. So thank you so Amy, much. Amy, it is not hard to make time to be with you. And <laughs> converse, this is like my favorite thing to do. If only we were sitting in that beautiful room you're in together. That would my be- My bedroom? Better. Yeah, it looks all tasteful and designed and comfortable. Oh, oh girl, you know it. You know it, girl. Um, okay. So anyway, thank you so much again for yes. being here. So excited. And also let's start like we start every podcast with my favorite question, which is what is your favorite thing that you can't live without right now? And it can be anything in the world. It can be a podcast, a book, a perfume, uh, jeans, socks. I need to say three things. Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Because they fall into different categories. Okay. 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 The first thing is that I cannot live without Common Threads, which is a consignment store here in Boulder that is so flipping awesome. And the women who own it and run it, I'm all about women-owned businesses right now. Me too. And they're amazing. And I don't know if you've ever been to a consignment store where like, it's like the clothing that people buy and wear once, but high end. And Mm. anyway, I've been going there and supporting them so much that I can go in now without my wallet because I can oh. sign there. And that is the best retail therapy. Yeah. I just love it. It's like you're in Mad Men, like oh, yes. my account. <laughs> it's so fun. And I walk in and they're like, okay, we saw this week, this week we've been share, holding it for you to try. It. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so loved. And like, anyway, it is the best experience. So if anyone listening is in or near Boulder, Colorado, you have got to go check out common threads is just the best. I oh love, can't take New York city out of the girl. So I love, I love me some good fashion. Um, I definitely can't live without good coffee. Mm. What's your favorite? Well, again, my husband and I really love supporting our sort of local coffee, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was going to say distilleries, but that's not, that's a different coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, coffee roasters or local roasters. Coffee yeah. Coffee. Okay. Ozo coffee. I love, there's a local place here called boxcar coffee. Um, yeah, just a couple of really good local covers. And then there's no way in hell I could survive without my meditation practice. Oh, so there are my three. And 
Tell me about your meditation practice because there are so many millions of different ways you can do it. I know what mine is, but I, you know, I'm always just loving to hear what people do and what lights them up. So what is your meditation practice right now today? I've gone through, yeah, I've gone through many phases. I actually Mm -hmm. started, I, I have a long history of anxiety and I come from a family of anxious parents. And so I've been sort of like, you know, kind of trying to find my sort of set up for anxiety management for decades, right? And Mm -hmm. about 10 years ago, I started meditating and and mindfulness practice, probably a better word. But right now, so I've gone through different phases, but right now it looks like it's a pretty basic sitting meditation practice. I do some stretches and some breathing before I start. And then I sit and then there's a, I don't know if you know about the breathing, there's a really useful breathing pattern for our nervous system where our exhale is just a beat longer than our inhale. So if you're inhaling for three and exhale for four, inhale for four, exhale for five, whatever your pace is, your exhale is just a little bit longer. And it pretty quickly tells your brain that you're safe. So that is how I start. I kind of ground myself. And then I have currently a really sweet practice of bringing to mind a time in my life where I felt total joy and total love and like feeling it in my body. I'm a big advocate of using our bodies to guide us. And so really feeling that. And then I walk through <laughs> some more detail than you want it, but in no, my I brain, love it. I visualize and walk through offering up that love and joy to all the parts of myself, like the parts that feel really scattered, disorganized, as we were just talking about Mm -hmm. the parts that feel badly for yelling at my daughter, the parts that break all I like bring that feeling in my body and I bring it to all of the parts of myself that need some love and attention. I love that. And how long does it take you? Do you think I to do sit for about 30 minutes? Total. 30 minutes. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I got on a big Dr. Joe Dispenza kick yes. like a month ago uh-huh. and I was just tearing that up. Anytime everyone would leave the house for an hour, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go do a quick, you know, generous present moment or whatever. But now I'm back into the, just the quiet because, you know, I like to do guided, but I really think it is so powerful just to get so silent, especially when you're in the season of like the holidays, like we are right now and everything is hustle and bustle and crazy and all the things to do. And I just, I crave that just quiet, get out of your head for a minute and just kind of rest your brain. So I know it's so funny, Amy. I mean, I as a mental health professional, really, really believe that the key to mental health is being able and willing to sit with discomfort. That is the key. And for me, my meditation and mindfulness practice has been about that, right? Because I've now done it long enough that I can bring up those feel good experiences and Hmm. really appreciate Joe Dispenza's meditations. And I've done them too. And, and, and in the beginning, still, it's all about like, you know, you sit down and you're irritated and your mm. brain is go- like, to me, that's what mindfulness practice is. It's like, oh, if I can learn to sit with all this uncomfortable feelings in my body and thoughts in my mind and not react to them, mm-hmm. I can train myself to do that. I can be pretty darn resilient throughout the day. 
Yeah. It's like the hardest thing you have to do all day. That's right. (laughs) And I try to do it the first thing when I wake up, because if I get up and start going, it's so hard to just backtrack and find the time to do it. I really think there's something so beautiful about just waking up when no one else is awake. I always make sure I get an hour or 30 minutes before I have to get the rest of the family going. Totally. And I mean, that, that changed my life when I started Great. doing that a few years ago, it was amazing. So I agree. I love all these pointers and this is so good for my audience because this is what we all need, especially mm. during the holidays, especially yes. when we're all just a little bit nutty. I mean, so right now it's what December 8th. This is when I start kind of losing my shit a little bit. Like yes. I'm already behind. I haven't even gotten their Christmas list yet. I don't even know. You know, this is when I start going a little nutty. So since you are a fabulous, you are a professional at this, what would you suggest for crazy asses like me who start losing their shit a little bit? I mean, obviously we need to meditate, which I am already doing. What would you suggest? Because you've got this fabulous group coaching thing coming up and you're going to learn and everyone can learn all this from you all the time. but. In just this season for my audience, what would you do one thing a day other than meditating that would be a quick little, okay, I'm losing it. How do I reel it back in? So can I take you through a little process? Oh my God. Yes. I love okay. it. Yes. I'm going to start and I was not planning this. So, you know, oh, I know, start, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to okay. start by saying, I think one of the things that makes us quote unquote nutty, right? You're saying it's the holidays and we all feel a little nutty and we're scattered mm-hmm. and we're behind is, is actually that the dial gets turned up for us around the holidays of realizing that there's so much we can't control. Yes. And what, most of us do, dare I say all of us, but most of us spend all of our energy trying to control the things we can't control. And it's like that metaphor of paddling up river. Mm -hmm. We're working really dang hard Mm -hmm. and we're exhausted and our head is down. You know what I mean? We like Mm -hmm. work and our muscles are big and we've got the strokes and our head is down and we're working so hard, but like, we're not paying attention to anything. So we're working so hard and we're not going anywhere. And we're so frustrated because nothing's working. So, right. you know, I think the metaphor of course is what does it look like to turn the boat downstream? Right. And you're still going to steer. You still need it. You got to steer, but you're going to get to where you're going. It's going to be fun. And you can like lift up and look around you and see all the blue beauty around you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we get really habituated to trying to control the things that are outside of our control. And this happens in motherhood all the time too. All the time. Okay. So I'm going to take you through a shortened version of an exercise that I think we can all be doing about big things like quote unquote Christmas Uh or smaller things like today or going shopping later or Mm -hmm. having that hard conversation with my parents about not actually coming home or whatever that's right. Okay. Or meal planning for everything, everyone coming to your house. And yes, you know, exactly. Yeah, just okay, all the so little things. Yeah, that's right. So I want you to tell me, let's pick something for you, Amy. Okay. That's coming up for you. That's causing you stress. Okay. My children, I ask them for what they want for Christmas and they don't want anything. Okay, great. 
And I am so conditioned of having these grand Christmases where I buy them, you know, each 10 little gifts and wrap them. And they're all so beautiful. And it's always caused me so much stress. And so every year I say, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get them one or two or three really good things or one thing or whatever. But then something inside me tells me then you're a shitty mother because all your friends are doing X, Y, Z. And I compare, compare, compare. So that oh kind of gosh, throws me in a little. There's two exercises I want to take you through. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I can one on guilt, but we're going to stay, stay with this one. Okay. Okay. So let's just make, for the purpose of this, let's make the topic gift giving around Christmas time. Perfect. Yes. That okay. That's a big yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to take, we're just going to do it short, 15 okay. seconds. And I want you to write down, do you have paper in front of you? I do. Yes. I've been writing all this down. I want you to write down, brain dump, like don't think too much about it. When you think about gift giving for Christmas, mm-hmm. what are your hopes? Okay. Okay. Just write them down. I'm going to give you 10, 15 seconds, 10, 15 seconds. What do you, what are you hoping for when you think about gift giving for Christmas? What are your hopes? Okay. Don't tell me, you don't need to tell me what they are yet. Okay. And maybe, you know, you can just write down. A handful. And I would suggest, you know, maybe your listeners who are listening can put down their oh. stuff and do this right here with you. Cause this I is want them to, that's what I was just thinking. This is so perfect because I'm going to release this before Christmas. So we definitely need to do that. Okay. Amazing. So, all right. okay. All of um, your hopes. It's an interesting question, right? And I think an exercise like this, just as you're jotting those down, is so helpful because we don't always get out of our head what's in our head. And then those things just swirl around like, you know, mush. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Here's your next question, Amy. When you okay. think about gift giving for Christmas, what are your fears? Hmm. So again, I'm just going to, you know, fill some airspace by chit-chatting while you're writing those things down. (laughs) But the idea here is to put down on paper, not thinking too much about it, but like whatever comes to mind, what do you recognize as your fears or your anxieties is another way to think about that. When you think about gift giving for the holidays. Okay, I'm ready. And then the third question is when you think about gift giving for the holidays, what are your expectations? And as you're writing these down, this, I'm just going to say that this is often where the shoulds come in, right? Mm-hmm. This is like, what are your expectations? What are you expecting? And as you're finishing that list, I will just remind folks that there is a big difference between hopes and expectations because Mm -hmm. when a hope isn't met, we feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Which is annoying and uncomfortable, but we, we can deal with disappointment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When an expectation isn't met, what do we feel? Um, unloved. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that down. I want to show them that I love them. I don't want them to feel unloved. Yes. Which is crazy. So what? That's right. So when an expectation isn't met along with disappointment, we often feel shame and guilt Mm -hmm. and resentment and judgment. We feel all kinds of shit that Mm -hmm. is not so easy 
right? Disappointment is like, oh, I'm so disappointed. And, you know, as grownups, we can, we can move through that. But those other ones are hard to move yes, through, they right? Are. Uh-huh. Okay. So you have a bunch of things on your list and I don't know, just for your listeners, because maybe it's fun to share oh, what's like fun. one hope, what's one hope that you have on your list? Um, to help them put a smile on their face, make them feel happy and loved and supported. Amazing. Great. Okay. What is one fear that's on your list? That they'll be disappointed or that they'll feel unloved or sad. Perfect. And what is one expectation on your list? Um, Expectation. When you say that, do you mean like, what's the expectation that I want to have? Any way you want to answer the question. It doesn't matter. Okay. What are your expectations? If I don't give them the right gift that I will feel guilt or shame. Like I didn't do a good job as a mother or family member, sister, wife, whatever. Right. So the expectation, if we're just going to sum that down for simplicity is I'm going to give a good gift. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my expectation. That's your expectation. Correct. You have a fear in there. If I don't, but your expectation is we give great gifts for the holidays. Yes. Right. There you go. Perfect. Okay. And I'm kind of known for that. So that puts another layer of shit on top because I usually spend so much time trying to figure it out. And so now it's a thing for me like, oh, I can't just give them a gift card because that would be that would mean I didn't do my job. Okay, and so I was going to ask a question about this. Yeah. Do you enjoy the gift giving piece, the giving the awesome gift? Do you enjoy that? I enjoy it when they open it up and I feel happy. But the but the. Front end, I hate like the, oh, let's go find it. And what's it going to be and making the list. And did I give each kid enough, the same amount, you know, that stresses me out, but I love when they open it up and they're delighted. It makes me so happy. I love to give gifts. Yes. When, and it sounds like when they open it up and they feel joy and you're feeling joy, the feeling that you're going for is yes, joy, but also love and connection. Yes, exactly. You are, you're, you know, of the love languages, you're a gifter. Is that true? Yes, I am. And I love words of affirmation. So I love, I'm always showering people with words that I just, oh, thank you so much. That was so beautiful. Yes. I'm a big giver. Yeah. Of that kind of stuff. So I'm going to pause on this exercise because I want to just offer you something up here, which I know all of us can relate to. Yeah, is there is sort of this rule you have set for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is going to do a little plug for guilt. I think guilt is a very useful emotion. I think it's really important that we're willing to feel guilt. Okay. Okay. Because when we feel guilt, Mm -hmm. I feel, I think all emotions, we have to be willing to feel because there's so much wisdom in them. Right. Right. When we feel guilt, we feel that because we've broken some kind of a rule a rule that someone else has set for us or a rule we've set for ourselves. Mm. And I hear that you have set a rule for yourself that mothers show love through, or people show love through gift giving of amazing gifts. Yep. That's how it, uh, that's how I was raised. We had these giant Christmases and it was like every, my mom was the best and she still is the best gift giver ever. The best cook ever. I am none of these things. I am the opposite. <laughs> well, good, because we're going to 
free you up here for a moment. Okay, let's do that. Rule, we're like double dipping here with these. Dip away, girl. Your rule (laughs) that you have for yourself is that good mothers give stellar gifts to their children. Yes. So anytime you don't give a stellar gift to your child, mm-hmm. you're going to feel guilty because you've broken that rule, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So when we feel guilt, we have an opportunity to do two things with that guilt. First, we have to feel it. We have to know it's there and feel it. The first thing we have to say is, oh, am I feeling guilt because I'm out of my integrity and alignment with something that I believe to be important for me? Not because someone else told me, but I truly believe it. Right. Right. So for instance, if I really believe in allowing my children to feel whatever feelings they have, right? right. And my daughter comes home and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so bummed. I have two teenage daughters because so-and-so didn't invite me to their birthday party and I, or to their party. And I'm like, oh, that's so silly. Don't be disappointed about that. Mm. And then I walk away and I feel guilty. That guilt is like, oh girl, you're off your integrity. Yeah. That was not, yeah. So I'll go back and say, and repair, right? Man, let me take that back. And of course, you right, I would do that thing. But in your case, it so maybe the guilt you're feeling is saying, oh, girl, I'm off my integrity. I need to get back to giving really good gifts because that's really defining in what it means to be a good mom. Or you can ask yourself, Maybe it's time I choose changed my rule. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you something. There are a zillion great moms out there who do not give stellar gifts to their children. Yeah. Right. Right. And it kind of is as simple as that. Maybe your new rule is good moms to spend time on the holidays to let their children know how much they adore them. Yep. Or spend quality time with them doing things that, that, that makes happy memories for them. Cause I thought about this, like, what if I, because I'm usually so frantic at this time of year that I don't really spend time with them because you're so rushing around and, oh, and, and, and kind of annoyed and pissed off and tired and aggravated. And maybe you drink too much and then you feel like shit, whatever. I don't know. I mean, there's all those things It runs the gamut. But I thought, what if, because I've got one coming home from college Monday, the other one's coming home a few days later. I've already got one at home. So what if I just ask them, instead of worrying about their list, saying, what do y'all want to do as a family that makes you feel so happy at this time of year? And I will make sure, because I'm really working on being present and in the moment and just dropping everything and really, because I... With two college kids, you don't really see them very nope. much. And so it becomes a whole new thing. Like over Thanksgiving, my daughter came home and everything she wanted to do, I dropped everything and did. Like it didn't matter if I want, I needed to work or whatever. She wanted to go watch a movie in the bed with me. We did it. Or, I mean, we did so many wonderful things. And at the end, I, I, I was like, God, that was the best week. And we didn't even really, it wasn't even anything crazy. You know, it was just... It was great. So, Amy, you've already oh. answered your question, but it's not about the gift giving. It's about the feeling. Totally. You're right. Okay? You're right. So let's go back for a moment to our exercise. So you, list, you, you listed your hopes, your fears, and your expectations. And I want to tell you and everybody listening that as human beings, we only have control over two things, our own thoughts and our own actions. That is it. Right. We have a lot of influence, but not control. Okay. Right. 
So we're going to take you through a little exercise with your list here. Okay. We're going to get your control back. Okay. Okay. I love it. Okay. So look at your expectation list and anything in that list that does not have to do with your own thinking or your own actions. I want you to move over to your hope list. Everything. Okay. Move them over. Because what we want to be left in an expectation list are the things that are within your control, which means they're realistic. Oh, well, then I can give them a gift or I can give them time. Yes, that'll stay there. Right. But But again, the point is one of the things we're doing in this exercise is moving out the unrealistic expectations so we don't lead ourselves to feeling shame, judgment. All those things. So anything on your expectation list that's not about your own actions or your own thoughts, you can move to hopes. Now you can change your expectation list later, but right now, anything left on there is literally one of those two things because that's the only things you can control. Okay. Love it. Okay. Now you're going to go to your hope list. Okay. You're going to ask yourself, what choices can I make? then make it more likely that these hopes come to fruition. You don't have to go through them now because it'll take a while, but that's, right. that's the next step. Okay. okay. What choices can I make that make it more likely that these hopes come true? And then you're going to go to your fear list. Okay. I'm writing this down. <laughs> this one. And anything in your fear list that you cannot control. I mean, they don't have to do with your own thoughts and your own actions. You are going to cross off. And if you have a red marker, you're going to do it with a red marker. You're going to show your brain that there's no more any, there's no longer time and energy you're going to spend on those things because it's like paddling up river. So it's literally everything on the list. Exactly. Like I think the fear you said is that they, I'm a fearful they're going to be disappointed. Uh Uh-uh. That has nothing to do with you. No. I have no control over what, how they feel. Nope. None. Mm -mm. You do have influence, but remember the influence you have is going to come from inside of you, not from what you're doing. It's going to come from who you are. Right. right? And then for anything left over on that fear list, you're going to ask yourself a similar question. What choices can I make that make it less likely that those fears come to fruition? And this is brilliant. And now, now you're left with control. Now you're left with agency. And I think one of the things that happens during the holidays is that we feel like we have no control. There's so much happening and we're like flailing and trying, but we're spending all this energy thinking about things that we can't do anything about. Right. And 98% of them don't even ever happen. And don't really matter. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, you are brilliant. You're my guru. Oh, <laughs> I think mental wellness is really all about being willing to not feel good, being willing to feel uncomfortable so that we can feel good, so that we can access the things that are within our control that lead us to feeling really good, right? Yeah. And when we feel good as moms, when we feel good as humans, we do a lot more well. You know, yeah. and it all becomes so much easier. Easy. Oh, I have found that in my life. Like the more that I put it all down, 
all the worries, all the doubts, all the fears. I mean, last night was a full moon and I did my woo-woo <laughs> list of all yes. the things that I want to release yes. and I burned that shit up. Yep. And my 14 year old son was out there with me and I was like, you want to make a list? And he made a list. And I mean, I think he thinks I'm a nuts, but that's okay. And it was just so like, this is all in my head, yep. all of it. And I can either go into this season just being calm and happy and fulfilled and do my little things every day that make me feel good. Or I can go into this season feeling behind the eight ball, telling these stories to myself that I'm, it's never going to be good enough and they won't be happy. And if we have all these people at my house, I won't know what to feed them. And, you know, all these stories that go through your head that are bullshit. And no wonder you feel like shit. Right. Right. Exactly. So that to me, this idea of, so my focus in my work as a maternal mental health specialist is saying, we've got to claim ourselves back in this job. This job as mom cannot be about taking care of everything and everybody else except ourselves. We can't, we we literally don't have the capacity, right? We have to be back to ourselves. And the quote unquote blessing and curse is that no one's going to do it for us anyway, right? It has to be us. We have to be the ones who help ourselves feel better, who make the decisions for ourselves. That can feel like a burden and hard, but it's also like, gosh, you get to feel good. Yeah. And when you feel good, everyone around you feels good. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we're on this earth to do is to feel good, not to be like, how miserable can I be until the day I die? And then look back on my life and say, well, God, I wish I would have done everything differently or putting all this pressure on ourselves to be this perfect version of whatever, which is impossible. I mean, it's all bullshit. You know, another, another like useful tool that, you know, the one you asked me when we started, what do we do is just to keep asking ourselves, maybe every day, maybe in planning for Christmas, how do I want to feel? At the end of the day, how do I want to feel at this Christmas dinner? How do I want to feel when my kids go back to school? Yes. And then you say, okay, I have a zillion one opportunities to make choices between now and then about how I think and what I do and what choices can I make and what thoughts can I have that lead me towards those feelings? Yeah. And kind of reverse engineer it. That's right. Like- This is how I want to feel on January 1st. That's right. I want to know that we made it through the season. I want to know that I don't have a gazillion things to clean up. So I'm not going to make a big Just so you know, those are not feelings though. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I actually want to feel calm and peaceful and joyful and relaxed and connected and abundant. Yes. Yes. I just want to feel... The way I feel going into the season, I feel really good. Everything is going great. And then I get into, you know, you just get it in your mind. Like, okay, now it's that time of year. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that if you decided to go do all that shopping to get the perfect gifts, you might feel frenetic and not calm. So you get to decide, you get to decide what choice are you going to make? Oh my gosh. And it's all in your own control. 100%. So brilliant. I love it. Woo. You didn't know you were going to have a little coaching session. on. Are this. you kidding me? I would do this every day of my life. This conversation is fire. And just take one second and hear from our sponsors. Oh, that's right. It's me. Yay. 
Do you get so excited when a new podcast comes out because you know after you listen to it, your whole day is going to be better? And did you know that that comes out twice a week, which is actually quite a lot for a podcast, but it's only twice a week. What if you could have me in your pocket every single day of the week, helping you, guiding you, telling you funny stories, and just helping you to ace your life? Well, this is something that I am doing, and it's for very special people in my community. And if you are interested in finding out more information about it, it's going to be a container of ladies who want to work with me one-on-one. And I've put a link below that you can click on just to do a quick little call and see if it's something that would work for you. And I would love to talk to you about it. So go check it out. And if you are interested in having me in your pocket all day long, let me know. I wanted to talk to you. I didn't mean for you to coach me. I no, wanted to talk great. about you. That was so perfect. <laughs> okay, so let's just backtrack a little bit and talk about how you got into this. Because obviously, all my audience sees how brilliant you are. And that was the way you can just take a situation and dumb it down for me and make it so simple and so easy to understand and like, okay, I got this. And I feel so much more confident even just today on December 8th, I feel so much better. So will you please tell everyone how you got into this work and yeah, just give a little background into your story and, and, and what you do. I, you know, I'm good. Obviously I'll, I'll talk about this in the intro, which we don't do now, but I just want you to kind of like talk about what lights you up about this work yeah. and how you got into it. So I think yeah, I love this question. And it's a little windy. So I'm going to condense it as much as I can. But the, my, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in Brooklyn, New York, raised by two very loving but very anxious parents, right? Two both professionals, both very committed professionals, very anxious. And I grew up like a really anxious kid. I mean, a perfectionist and a rule follower. I had panic attacks so often when I was growing up. Yeah. So I, when I graduated from college, I decided that I wanted to, I was an instructor for Outward Bound. Do you know what Outward Bound is? Yes. Okay. Oh gosh, I forgot. About I did that. that both in the States, but also in South Africa. I lived in South Africa instructing for Outward Bound for a number of years. And wow. I really came out of that Outward Bound being like, I want to be an adolescent therapist. Yeah. Because I want to work with kids who are struggling to help them no longer struggle. Right. Then I went back to get my degree in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And then I came out and I got hired to run a, a counseling, pro, create and run a counseling program at an after school program in the Mission District in San Francisco. And I was so excited. And then none of those kids wanted to be talking to me, Mm-mm. but their moms did. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the kids would like come after school. They would avoid me like a 10 foot pole. And then I have like moms knocking on my door all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And what I realized really quickly, which is kind of a no brainer, is that, oh, when these moms got the support they needed, their kids do better. Yes. It was happening in front of my eyes. There was less truancy. They were doing better in school. They were right. They were just doing better. 
And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what if we help moms get what they need before their kids are teenagers? And that's what brought me into that early maternal mental health work, right? Mm -hmm. So I founded a clinic here in Boulder, Colorado called the Postpartum Wellness Center. We're a collaborative care maternal and early family mental health center. And really, we are providing, trying to work to get families, the moms, the biological, psychological, and social support that they need to feel good because new motherhood is crazy ass, right? Crazy and so, so isolating. So isolating. And we are taught by society and culture and family and friends that good moms take care of their children all the time. Yeah. And then somehow we're like, oh, if I meet my need, I'm being selfish. Okay. Yep. So actually dysfunctional when it comes to family health. Right. Totally. Yes. So I did that work. And I will also say, for better or for worse, and I think we can look at it both ways, but for better or for worse, maternal mental health and child mental health are in, intimately connected. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So really what I said all the time when I was working, when I work with moms with babies, but also moms with older kids is, oh, you're my client, Amy, mm-hmm. but actually, you're sitting here with me, but you're not my only client. Your children are my clients. Right. right? It's like a butterfly. Because as we help you manage your nervous system, mm-hmm. you're more available to your kids. Exactly. That's just the way it goes. Right? Yeah. So then I, in the last year, was like, I got to get out of the four walls of the psychotherapy office. And I think as much as I believe in psychotherapy, and I really do, I think there is actually a point once we've had space to talk about with authenticity and vulnerability, how we're feeling and to know that it's okay to feel those things, we got to take some action. Mm-hmm. We got to do something now, right? Right. And so I've taken my work out of the four walls of the therapy space to this more virtual space where I am really committed to changing the narrative around what it means to good be a good mom so that we can, you know, Remember that we play this very important role in our children's well-being. And if we're not actually inviting ourselves back into the picture here Mm -mm. and giving ourselves permission to say, you know what, I'm not going to spend 12 hours looking for Christmas gifts this this season because that drains me and I'm grumpy. I'm going to do this other thing that helps me feel good Mm -hmm. so that when you guys come home, I can actually show up with all this energy. Right. right. Yes. And so when we bring ourselves back into this picture, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for our kids. And I feel very passionate about that. So there's oh, you can my- tell you can tell. Yes. And you know what else is so amazing is because I was raised and it's not my parents fault. It's just the way we were raised is yep. that you are the martyr yep. and you bleed for these kids. You don't sleep for these kids. You don't take care of yourself. You don't exercise. You do what they need you to do. No one really said to me, that's the way it was done. It's just what I saw. Yeah. Yep. And then when I remember when I had my first one, 21 years ago, I was hell bent. I was going to, I decided I was going to quit my job, be a stay at home mom. And I decided I was going to breastfeed her. Well, I might've been the worst breastfeeder (laughs) on the planet earth. 
There are a lot of worse breastfeeders. You know that. So fucking hardheaded. Like I would not listen to anyone. And then you're a little nutty anyway, because you're all hormoned up. You just had your first baby and your whole life has changed. It hasn't changed for anyone but you. And then all my friends were these beautiful breastfeeders and they would just spew milk across everywhere. And I would get like a drop out of these giant size double F boobs. And I was like, I'm a loser. I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember my mom and my mother-in-law, because they didn't breastfeed back in 1971. Nobody, nobody was breastfeeding. They were giving bottles to everybody because they were all drinking martinis and smoking cigarettes while they were pregnant. That's right. And I remember them saying, Amy, give that baby a formula bottle. It's not poison. Mm -hmm. But I had heard so much from La Leche and all my friends, and they were all so good at it. So I shamed the shit out of myself for nine months. That poor baby girl, she was starving, Mm. but I was like, that's it. This is what I have to do. I was such a mess. And then at nine months, I weaned her finally. Thank God I woke up. I don't know how she survived. And she got so fat and so happy. (laughs) By the time I had the other, the boys, Oh my God, I bound those boobs up in the hospital. And I remember a doctor, I took the third one when I had the third one, I took him to the doctor because all the kids were sick and it was December and he's a newborn. And she's like, oh, well, don't worry. He's getting that liquid gold. And I'm like, um, and I just broke down. No, he's not. He's not getting any breast milk because I'm the worst mother. Why do this to ourselves? Like it is insane. It's and really I fucked can, up. It is. And I think, People like you and the fact that you're now on the internet and it's a platform and it's getting to seven and a half billion people instead of just your little Boulder, Colorado community. I think that that is a blessing because Mm. here are the stuff like no one was telling me, of course, we didn't have, you know, Instagram and all that stuff back then, back 21 years ago. But all I saw was my little community where we're all in our houses all day long and no one talks to anybody and we don't really commune. There's no like, there was no tribe. My mom lived five hour drive away. His mom lived a plane ride away. It was just so isolating. And you just have to, you know, put on your big girl panties and make it work. Well, it's just so nice that now there is this almost like a warm hug. Like it's going to be okay. You can mess up. You can not breastfeed and you're not a terrible mother and your child will thrive and grow, even though they're not getting what they need. It's okay. It's not out. It's also not, I mean, it's so interesting, the breastfeeding piece and we could have a whole other podcast, right? I could go nuts on that one. Yeah. I I say to my postpartum moms, (laughs) yeah, okay. Breast might be best, but mom is better. Yes. So breastfeeding is destroying you and they don't have you because you're physically or psychologically or emotionally preoccupied, Mm -hmm. give up the breastfeeding. What they need is you. Right. right? And that's the case with everything. What your kids need is not the gift. They need Mm you. Right. You, they need the time. They need you to be in the moment and feeling good about yourself and feeling happy with your cup filled up so you can overflow into their cups instead of being so depleted and drained and martyred out, you know, and oh, I could, this is a big, big trigger for me too, because this is why I made this podcast because four years ago when my daughter left, I was like, she went to college and I thought I have been pouring into these kids for all this time because that was my choice. You know, but 
it's like, now what do I do? What do I do with my life? <laughs> and yeah. also, how did I get here? Like, when did I just kind of lose my whole identity as their mom? Like, it's so happened? interesting, the subtle codependency. I've been thinking a lot about this since you and I were just together in LA. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about this, Amy, about this like codependency, unintentional codependency that happens between us and our children. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it shows up in martyrdom a lot. Right. Yes. I need you in my life to feel good about me. Oh. I need you to need me for me to feel good about myself as a mom. So I, I need you to need me so much that I'm going to do everything for you yeah. so that you really need me. I'm going to get depleted in the meantime, right? Yeah. And, and you'll be hopeless you, and helpless yes, and won't be able right. to do anything for yourself because I've robbed that from you. That's right. Because well, you won't be able be to kind. wipe your own ass. Let's, let's be kind to you, right? Let's, you're, not, you're, you're just fine. You're doing fine. And no, it's all good. I've got it figured out. Finally, it don't right, take totally. 21 years, but totally. no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying because you think you think that you're doing for them, but yes. really you're doing for yourself to give yourself that validity, a feeling of competency and yes. new, right. So, and the thing of course, is that our kids don't want to be responsible for us. Right. So it's, it's a mindset shift. And I think many of us get caught in this thing that you're talking about where we're, we're like, well, good moms give good moms show up all the time. Good moms dedicate, dedicate, sacrifice. Like we all get caught in that. And it's a Mm -hmm. great opportunity for, for us to say, hang on a second. Is that true? What is it possible to both nurture and give and be filled up? on our own at the same time to not become depleted? And the answer is yes, of course it is. But we need to be willing to bring ourselves back into the picture Mm -hmm. in order to get there. And to get uncomfortable. Yes. And to put up some boundaries that have never been up before. Yes. This This is what I've been working on for four or five years is the way that I was forever and the way that I am now is very different. And they've made comments Yes. Not in a terrible way, but like, oh, okay. So you're not going to just drop everything and run <laughs> to my every need. Wait, I'm not considered. When uh-huh. did this happen? I don't know if I like this. Uh huh. Tough shit. This is the way it is now. And you know what? Now that I'm on the third kid and he's like thriving, and my other yes. kids are thriving too, but in different ways, yes. he could, you can drop him down in the middle of any situation. He's just happy to be there. He'll eat anything. He'll sleep anywhere. And it's because I just took my hands off the wheel yeah. and I started saying, okay, you know what? Maybe I will meditate and take an hour a day away from my family. <gasps> yeah. I mean, guess what? They Life moves on. And to and- your point, it's never too late. It's literally yeah. never too late. They're, these kids are still your kids, even if they're Young adults now, right? right. And so, they just need you in a different way. Yes, exactly. Totally. It's just totally. so, oh God, I love the work you're doing. I think it's amazing. And I think the way that you can break everything down so bite-sized and easy to, you know, to understand and just to, I just love it. It's wonderful. Thank you, Amy. Well, thank I love you. doing it. I mean, it's not funny. When we feel good, we show up well. So there exactly. you go. Exactly. Okay. Tell everybody, because I know we're getting close to the end. I want you to just talk really briefly about your book. 
So my book is called Reinventing Supermom, and it's the subtitle is Encouragement, Support, and Strategies for New Mothers Who Feel Lost. And it really is written for that mom in the first year after having a baby. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're talking about, I believe that if moms are not well enough supported biologically, psychologically, and socially, they won't feel well, they will develop symptoms of depression and anxiety. So this is sort of a book that's really encouraging of how moms can figure out what they need, ask for what they need, get themselves what they need and be supported in that process so that they don't sort of end up years down the road feeling really depleted, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what that book is. Um, And it's on Amazon and ebook is on my website. And yeah, it's been really fun. I love it. And I'm going to post everything, obviously, for all of my people to see because the majority of my moms Um, the majority of my listeners are moms Uh and they're, you know, from babies to college kids and they're all just trying to feel a little better in their day every day and not feel the guilt and the shame about feeling better. And what I love what you said about if you don't want to do this for yourself because you feel guilty, then do it for your kids. That's right. Because it's a trickle down. Obviously, right. you start feeling better. They see you as a role model. They're like, oh, look at her meditate twice a day. That's crazy. Like I made all my kids do a cold plunge over Thanksgiving. So good. <laughs> they were so pissed. But it's like, well, first of all, I didn't make them do anything. I was exactly. it every day. I was modeling it. And they were That's like, right. she's nuts. But that looks kind of fun. And I put on the Beyonce. And they're like, I will do it. I'll time you. Let's film each other. And then the next thing you know, we're all doing it. And they're like, oh, that's kind of fun. And it and, and they feel good, right? Yes, exactly. So I just, I love this whole conversation. And I can honestly talk to you all day long because you were like an angel from heaven. But anyway, thank you so much for being You're here. You're welcome. Can I just mention a course I have coming up? Oh, yes. Know? I'm so sorry. I totally Not at forgot. all. And we no, not at all. I, I am really excited it. about this course because yes. it's, it's, you know, it, I, we're calling it a boot camp. I do not like that term. It feels a little too like tough and tumble and hard. And really what it is, <laughs> is a container, 12 week container for mothers of kids of any age is all virtual who are actually really ready to kind of get out of their own way and begin to feel better. And, um, and so it's virtual. We'll be going on live once a week. Um, and really talking about mindset stuff, talking about, I'm really passionate about making these sort of quote unquote self-care and these strategies easy and manageable. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it, it actually can happen anywhere, anytime. And so we'll be talking about that. We'll talk about how our thoughts get in our way and changing our thinking and how to feel that discomfort so that we can turn the discomfort into feel good feelings. So it's really just 12 weeks of helping moms kind of level up in how they're feeling in their own lives with the, you know, result of being closer relationships with their kids and giving space for their kids to start to do really well and feel really well because they are. So that's that course. It launches in January. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be literally what you just did with me, but for 12 weeks. (laughs) I mean, what a gift, what a gift. And imagine, just think like we were talking about reverse engineering, how you want to feel, how do you want to feel going into the summer? Do you want to feel depleted and martyred out and like, oh, I didn't get my gold star today? Or do you want to feel filled up 
And if you want to feel filled up, click filled the up below. Empowered. <laughs> you know how we all like want to feel like a really good mom? Yeah. Right? We all want to feel like a good mom. Obviously. This course is going to help you feel like a good mom without being depleted. Right? That's sort of like, that's the nugget right mm -hmm. there. And the byproduct is you'll probably sleep better. That's right. And want to have more sex with your husband. That's because right. You'll feel better. That's and every, it's just like a wonderful butterfly effect all across the board. So everybody needs to sign up for this bad boy. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. Well, Thank you, you know what? I just got so excited. I didn't forget. <laughs> I wasn't going to get off this talk without mentioning that. So no problem. I have loved this conversation. I know. Me too. We do have to do it again. I could do this like every week with you and we'll just have to do it again because you were amazing. And you helped, you, me. you helped me in like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, can I you can't imagine what you can do in 12 weeks. It's like, oh, it's going to be a whole new world. It's going to be I awesome. I can't wait to hear what you gift your kids for the holidays. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. That's a great idea. Oh, my gosh. Well, have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for being here. And I, we're going to have to do this again very soon. I'll maybe you during soon. your course or something. Okay. All right. Cheers. Hi y'all, this is Amy Elkman, the host of the Ace Your Life Show, and I have a question for you. How do you feel about the home that you're living in right now? Is it too big? Is it too small? Did your kids just go off to college and you're ready to downsize? Or did you just have your first baby and you're busting out of an apartment and you need more space? Do you wish you had a beautiful kitchen that you could entertain in? that has a giant island with Carrera marble and it's all white and bright with beautiful light streaming in all the time that makes you actually want to cook. Well, if you want any of these things, I got you. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a realtor and my husband is a remodeler and he's fabulous and he has three crews that can help you really make any dream come true that you want. So if you want a pool and you don't like your little tiny backyard, I got you. If you want a new kitchen to entertain in, I got you. If you want a gorgeous owner suite bathroom with Carrera marble everywhere that you can have your sexy bath time every night with candles and beautiful music piped in through the speakers, I got you. I can help you with all of that. We're kind of like Chip and JoJo's older siblings, but we're cooler and maybe married. I don't know. Is that weird? But anyway, so if you want to move, if you want to fix up the house you're in, if you want to sell the house you're in, just give me a call and I can help you make all your dreams come true. That is our passion. And if you're in the Dallas area, we can totally help you. So give me a call.